This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. And Mr Gay Pride Australia, Rad Middick, joins us on the line. Rad, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. It's really great to have you on board. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself. Who is Rad Middick? <laughs> well, I grew up in Wollongong, which is the south of Sydney. And now I'm living in Paran, Melbourne. I've worked for Trustpilot as a partner manager. And in my, uh, I guess, spare time and my passion is mental health. And I run some mental um, health forums as well. Yeah, exactly. That's an issue that you're really championed in the LGBTIQ community since you took on the role of Mr Gay Pride Australia. Tell us about the work that you do, especially the uh, forums you run around suicide prevention. Yeah, so um, I, I guess I, I started in 2017. Uh, I had lost a couple of friends to suicide. And then when uh, my friend Evan passed away in 2017, I was actually working at the Star Observer at the time as, as a sales director. And I just, I, don't know, I just felt like there wasn't enough happening in the community, real grassroots campaigns where, you know, the community can get involved with organisations and have proper conversations around it. I think, you know, we have a lot of talk around suicide, but there's never around the prevention or what happens when someone tries to commit suicide, you know, how it affects family and friends. So I had this, you know, idea one night at home and I was laying in bed and I was like, oh, wow, like I really want to connect the community to these forums and um, to these organisations where we can actually have real honest conversations around something that's, you know, seriously impacting our community. Um, and hence I kind of had this idea and kind of ran with it. And yeah, so I've ran a couple now and I just did one a couple of weeks ago here in Melbourne, um, again, around mental health and we had about 70 people show up and some amazing, you know, panel and, you know, really getting down and, um, you know, answering some real tough questions around around you know, mental health in our community. So what are some of the main themes around LGBTIQ mental health that you've come across since you've been Mr yeah. Gay Pride Australia? Yeah, look, I was doing this before Mr Gay Pride Australia. Um, I really, I got nominated to go for Mr Gay Pride Australia via a friend and I remember like getting the phone call about it and I was actually really like, nervous because I was like, wow, I'm going to be putting myself out there in the public forum where, you know, I can get attacked and, um, you know, criticised, bullied, because it does happen a lot online. But I also saw the, uh, you know, the value in using that platform to be able to get my message and my forums on a global scale as well. So I saw that opportunity as, you know, I can reach more people and hence why I applied and, and went forward with Mr Gay Pride. I mean, I was lucky enough to win the title. So it gave me an opportunity, to, you know, to go to the world titles as well and talk about these forums and mental health. In regards to your question in regards to um, you know what kind of issues you know there's there's a whole bunch of issues that come up you know obviously suicide anxiety depression are, are the main one um, you know transphobia you know we, we we spoke about that a lot in our last um, our last forum you know about intersex issues there's just so many issues that we talk about chemsex is another one that uh, comes up a lot in conversations as well and you know the stigma around HIV and they all you know ties into mental health as well absolutely what would you say to politicians politicians are some of the areas that they need to do better on in relation to queer mental health? Yeah, more funding, definitely more funding. Um, you know, when you, you look at these amazing organisations, like on the panel that we had uh, a couple of weeks ago, was there Queer Space and Mind Australia? We had Beyond Blue. When you look at when you look at those organisations, they can barely fit any more people in. So it's around more funding, more resources, being able to actually make sure that these um, you know amazing organisations can actually facilitate more people. But also one of the one of the things that I found great is a lot of these organisations, um, you know, like Switchboard, for example, there are a lot of volunteers, you know, attached to these organisations. So, um, you know, if anyone's listening out there and they want to get involved more,
more in the community. A lot of those organisations are looking for volunteers and for people to um, you know, give up their time. So it's a good one to give back as well to those organisations. You mentioned bullying online before. Is that something that you have really encountered since you became Mr Gay Pride Australia? And if so, how's that oh, kind of played absolutely. out? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. So you get metres yeah, and metres of trolling? Yeah, I got trolled, you know, um, very easy to be a keyboard warrior. And, you know, and, and look, I just try to take it as a grain of salt, but it, it does affect you in some way. You know, people see a photo of you and then they quick to judge you and, you know, you don't represent us and, you know. So all it's that from kind of within stuff. our community? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Right, so lateral hostility. You know, of course. You, you, I just block and say... It does take, it does slip away at you. And, you know, even doing these mental health forums, um, you know, I was, I was posting in some groups and some mental health, you know, LGBTQI forums, groups about the event. And, you know, the event's meant to be a positive thing about mental health. And, you know, I even got trolled in those groups, like, you know, uh, says the guy who has shirtless pics. And, uh, you know, again, really judgmental and, you know, it's not healthy. And, you know, like it does, it does chip away at you. And, but, you know, I just learned to, you know, block and delete. And, you know, one negative person, doesn't affect, you know, I get 20, you know, or 30 people that are actually responding really positive to it. But I always think if there's someone young out there, um, you know, that's really struggling, all you need is one troll to bring you down. You know, I am I feel like I'm in a good position where, I, you know, I've got good surroundings and, 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 and good people around me that I can actually shrug it off. But I just think about the vulnerable and I'm like, if someone's vulnerable and they're reading negativity or they're getting trolled, like it would really affect them. And it's quite sad that our community does that. And I think there's a big problem on it as well. So it doesn't sound like you're really getting hassled by heterosexual people. It's queer people that are doing all this. Oh, it's absolutely our community. Um, you know, even even getting these forums together, you know, sometimes our, our communities are some of the toughest people to work with and where our straight allies are, you know, wanting to give up their free time. You know, I understand, like, people want to get paid and, you know, that's their full-time job, but the campaigns I run are real grassroots campaigns. It's all about community and about saving lives and, you know, showing that we care. So I'm really looking, when I'm looking to do these forums, I'm looking to, for people that want to give up their time because it means they really want to be there, but also just want to be part of the community again and really just want to be there and connect with people to, to show people that, you know, people do care. People are out there trying to make a difference. So when I look to partner um, organisations, I look at people that are genuinely, you know, giving up their time because they really want to make a difference. And it's generally the, the our straight allies that do that. It sounds like you're doing some great work with the gender diverse community as well and building some Absolutely. bridges between the trans community, gender diverse community and the gay community. Would you say that's the case? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, people of colour, we need to get more representation in our community out there. Like when you think about, um, you know, all the dating apps and the racism that happens on there, um, you know, the no fats, no fans, no Asians, like, you know, that's a big issue as well. So it's about getting more visibility, saying, you know, it's not okay. We had um, Gabriel from uh, Queerspace, who does a lot of policy for them, and he's um, trans. And, you know, he was talking about that he feels more safe in a hetero space than a gay place, a gay bar, which I was shocked because he was like, he feels more judged around body image in a gay bar than a hetero bar. So I think our community really needs to take a look and see you know, what are the core problems? Like, why are we being so hard on our community? Why are we rejecting some of our own when, you know, we really should be looking uh, you know, to stick together? And, you know, unfortunately, the online world's never going to go away. It's like, how do we overcome that? And I just think it's just making a stance and, you know, together, like coming together and actually coming up with ways and strategies that we can actually tackle that. Do you find you get sexually harassed within the gay community as well because of this amazing role that you've got as Mr Gay Pride? Oh, yeah. Look, you do, I do get some comments, you know. I think this is 
the hard balance. Like, you know, I post a lot of stuff around mental health and then I have people reach out to me and, you know, will share something with me. And I'm trying, you know, you try to be nice because obviously you try to give everyone, you know, the time and the space. But as soon as you give them a little bit, you know, it comes a little bit inappropriate. So, you know, I had someone, you know, just recently like message me something really inappropriate on, on Facebook. And, you know, I just shut it down. I just, I just call it out for what it is and say, hey, you know, that's not okay. It's really inappropriate. I mean, if you continue, I'll have to block you. You know, so I do, but a lot of the times I must say it's more positive, you know, and, and like I said, you know, Mr. Gay Pride, you know, isn't a beauty contest. I, I needed to make that very, very clear to my friends. Well, like I was there on the merit of mental health. The only reason why I did it was to get my message around mental health and, you know, reach as many people as possible, you know, and it, that gave me the opportunity to do that. So I think we need to be a bit more supportive in Australia around, you know, Mr. Gay Pride, for example, you know, Trustpilot, who I work for, actually are sponsored now the 2020 uh, Mr. Gay Pride. So again, another organisation, you know, that's not really from our community is getting behind us. And, you know, I really want to see our community get behind people and, you know, more organisations that are trying to get positive messages out there. Because people think it's a, you know, a beauty contest, but I'm guessing there oh, wasn't a speedo parade or anything like that. Look, there wasn't. In the, you know, Mr. Gay Pride Australia, there wasn't anything to do with speedos. Um, in Mr. Gay World, there was a section. But like I said to people, because I actually got asked at the forum, um, you know, how, how can I talk about body image when, you know, I paraded in the pair of speedos in Mr. Gay World? And I was like, well... Uh, you know, it, it was the actual contestants that actually put a lot of blockade around what we were doing and, and how we were getting photographed as well. Change happens within an organisation and you need to be part of that. You can't bark from the sidelines and ask for change and you know, be negative. If you, wanna, if you want change, you need to be involved. And that was a good reason for, for me to be there. Um, I must say the guys from Mr. Gay World were absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal humans, you know, really pushing for change in their countries. Um, and for, for an example, um, when we did have the photo shoot, there was a, a, a magazine that was doing the photo shoot. We selected all different body, body types and different colours to be in that magazine. So again, like, you know, if you, we're going to be showing our bodies, we need to show diversity in bodies, showing that it's okay. Because if we don't do that, then all you're going to see is six backs and abs, and that's what you're going to think that expectation is of our community. But it's not. Everyone has beautiful bodies. Everyone has different shapes and sizes, different colour. And the more that we can show that, the more that we're going to get comfortable with each other as well. So I was really proud of the guys, you know, and I, and I chat to them every week. Um, we have a little WhatsApp group. We support each other, you know, a little bit disappointing with Mr. Gay Pride. Um, there's probably one or two that still, um, you know, are quite supportive. So I think, again, the mentality in Australia is very different to what it's like in the world. So when you actually won Mr. Gay Pride Australia, did they give you a job description? Is there, is, are there guidelines? Like, or do you just no, kind of look, play it by ear? You know, Tony and uh, David, who are part of the organisation, they've been great. They've been really supportive. They support you as much as you can. End of the day, it's really up to yourself on, you know, what you want to do. Like I said, I was going to continue doing these mental health forums regardless if I won the title or not. But I did see it as an opportunity that would open doors, and it has. You know, it does open up some doors, but... You know, I, I don't take the role on lightly. I see it as a responsibility for me to be able to be a good role model. I'm not perfect and, you know, that's okay. But I am trying to make change in the mental health space and, you know, just, just trying to break some barriers around our community and trying to, you know, build people together. And, you know, they've been really, really great and supportive in regards to that. You know, if I want to write an article, you know, they'll get it published for me. So it's really up to yourself. Like, you know, you don't expect everything to fall into your lap. You still need to work hard, but they will open up doors. And if you've got one connection, 
connection to people that can actually um, you know, provide that for you as well. But at the end of the day, it always comes to the core and that's yourself and what you want to do for the community as well. So what are you going to do when your reign ends? You mentioned some of these doors that have opened for you. Oh, what's, look, what's I'm, not, I'm not giving it up, James. I'm not giving it up. Come on. You know, I'm, going to be, I'm going to be that queen that won't give back a crown. No. <laughs> uh, look, I'm, I, I'm, um, I'm really excited. You know, like I said, Trustpilot is sponsoring it, so we'll have some you know, interaction next year as well. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see um, you know, who puts themselves forward. If anyone is listening out there and you're involved in our community and you're doing some amazing work, I highly recommend you put your hat into the ring because it really is a good opportunity. I'll continue doing my forums and I'll continue supporting, you know, the next winner of Mr. Gay Pride. I think that's, um, you know, one of the things that I definitely want to do is make sure that I support the next person that's there and that, you know, I just I don't just say it, but I actually, you know, I'm there to actually support and guide them as well because I felt like that was a little bit lacking, you know, with, with my role. Awesome stuff, Rat. It's been great chatting with you. Keep up the great work. It's so awesome what you're doing in the mental health field. Thank you so much for your time today on 3CR. It's been great. No, thanks so much for giving me the opportunity to have a chat with you guys. Awesome stuff. Take care. Have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. Love your work. Bye. Bye. You're listening to 3CR Radio. Joined by Dr. Catherine Barrett from Celebrate Aging. Catherine, hello. Welcome back to the program. James, happy Friday to you. Oh, yeah, I love Fridays. Catherine, um, congratulations, first of all, for your Globe Melbourne Award. How awesome. Uh, I'm feeling very honoured, actually. It's a, it's, a, uh, it's a really lovely gesture. You know, a lot of the work I do is not... Uh, well, it's voluntary. I'm not paid for it. It's a Alice's Garage. The LGBTI work I do is a social enterprise. So getting this recognition from community means quite a lot, actually. Tell us about the fabulous work that you do in the field, especially uh, through Celebrate Ageing. Yeah, so Celebrate Ageing is the work that I do around building respect for older people. And I think with the Royal Commission into Quality and Safety in Aged Care, there are a few people who question the need to really rethink the way that we respond to older people. But the work that I was uh, given the award for, for promoting healthy communities, was really related to the uh, the work I do with LGBTI people in particular. And so part most of that is with older LGBTI people, but part of it's around promoting healthy ageing in LGBTIQ communities as well. Yeah, look, you presented at today's VALS LGBTI conference and you talked about the Museum of Love. Tell us about that project. Ah, I didn't realise you were there, James. So the Museum of Love is uh, a really beautiful project that addresses the stigma and discrimination that people with dementia face. And the the idea of the Museum of Love is that you could go out there into the street and tell people we should stop, you know, our appalling attitudes to, to people with dementia. But we've got to make it interesting to engage people. So the Museum of Love collects and preserves art that celebrates the importance of love in the lives of people with dementia. So, for example, we've got a photographic exhibition called The Kiss, just portraits of people with dementia kissing someone they love. Uh, we've got an exhibition called Dance, which is a series of portraits of people with dementia dancing and sharing their stories about belonging. Uh, and the last couple of days, we've been sharing a beautiful film in our annual series called Pulse of My Heart. And that film follows the lives of a lesbian couple from Ballarat. And Anne and Edie have been together for 35 years, and Edie lives with younger onset dementia. And we make a film every year to follow their journey or trace their experience, if you like, because that, that hasn't been done internationally, would you believe? And this year we made a film that really traced the journey of Anne making the decision um, 
with Edie to, to, for Edie to move into residential aged care. And we shot the film through the eyes of Mr. Velveteers, who is their dementia assistance dog. Wow. Uh, and it's a really important film because that decision to move into residential aged care, you know, when you think this is and life partner, her partner of 35 years, heartbreaking to make that decision when you know, this is somebody that she wants to live with for the rest of her life, but realises that, that she is no longer enough. Uh, so it traces that journey and what people are telling us in response to that film is everybody's loving Mr Velvetius, you know, the idea of, of, you know, softening a really difficult topic by telling a story through the eyes of of, of Melvin, Mr Velvetius the dog, but saying that it's a film that gives people permission to talk about whatever they're feeling as family members or carers uh, and to talk about the stuff that's really hard and you know and, and in the film Anne talks about some really difficult stuff and there is a lot of tears and a lot of upset and that's a really important part of the process so that's the film we've been launching the last couple of days. Is there a priority issue around LGBTIQ seniors that, that governments in Australia must take action on? Is there a priority issue? Well you know there, there are a number actually and and in fact that's such a that's such an astute question, James. The National Elder Abuse Strategy has been released by the federal government uh, in the last six months, and it doesn't include older LGBTI people as a priority group. Now, that's a real cause for concern because older LGBTI people have been ignored, pretty pretty much ignored until the last ten years, and we've really started to take note and there's a policy and strategy and real moves towards change, inclusive aged care service, and these are really positive steps. But older LGBTI people experience elder abuse in unique ways. That's really around the restrictions to their gender expression for transgender diverse people and for for lesbian, gay and bisexual people. It's around the lack of recognition of uh, their relationships particularly and they're the ways that elder abuse in a nutshell is experienced by older LGBTI people. Now, the fact that that's not being picked up by the federal government you know, as a, as a priority needs group in the elder abuse strategy is a real cause for concern because it filters all the way through um, elder abuse services and their focus, it's not explicit, then there's real concern that it won't be done. And we know that older LGBTI people have experienced a lifetime of abuse and discrimination, particularly by institutions, and we don't want to see their rights being violated now in their old age. It sounds like this omission was a political decision rather than being based on good policy. Well, you know, I, I think that that if you know, there's enough evidence now that shows that older LGBTI people have unique needs and continue to experience discrimination. So that really does need to be taken up in the in the um, plan to prevent elder abuse. And you know, I've I've heard it said that that the plan doesn't focus on particular priority groups, but Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are mentioned as they should be and culturally and linguistically diverse people are mentioned as they should be. And, you know, I think we really have to unpack it because we are not at a stage where we are inclusive yet. So we are at a sta- we, we're still at a point where we have to remind people all the way along to be LGBTI inclusive until we get it and until, until we really treat people uh, as equal. So that's a real... That's a real cause for concern. And, you know, some of the other work that we released today, actually, some work that we're doing around a project called Kinfolk, which is a project that looks at older trans and gender diverse people's experience of restriction of their gender uh, expression 
by family members and service providers. And that's an incredibly uh, important project that's developed amazing resources, one lot of resources for aged care service providers and the most beautiful workshops and a partnership between aged care service providers and older trans and gender diverse people working together to develop a resource. In fact, it was so fabulous, we filmed it. Uh, and the other part of that work is was working with older trans and gender diverse people and family relationship services to see what were resources that we could develop to help family relationship services to help older trans and gender diverse people and their families because we know that there are increased numbers of older people who are transitioning in their older age. It's fascinating, isn't it? And it's something that's uh, only just recently had a light shone on it, which is great. Yeah, and you know, it's not a surprise really when you think about the repression of trans and gender diverse people and you know that that's not all past tense of course you know we've still got some real problems with transphobia but you know the opportunities are opening up for older people and they're now uh, recognizing that there are opportunities to transition or express the gender in diverse ways and you know I'm working with older people who who recognize that, that that's something that's been in their life all the way along but they've just you know lived in such restrictive environments that they haven't had the opportunities to. Catherine Barrett, thank you so much for chatting with me today on 3CR. I wish we could chat longer, but QR code is up next. We're out of time, but it's been wonderful chatting. And congratulations again for your Globe Melbourne Award. It was very popular and very well-deserved. Thank you so much. Fantastic, James. Thank you. Cheers. In Your Face, we'd like to thank Thornharbour Health for their financial support of this program. Thornharbour Health envisions a healthy future for our gender, sex and sexuality diverse communities a future without HIV, and a future where all people live with dignity and respect. To find out more about them, search Thornharbour Health on your search engine or find them on Facebook. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.